He said, well, honey, he began proud of his daughter for observing his messages. And then he said, I'm asking the Lord to help me preach a good sermon. And then she said, how come he doesn't do it? <laughs> um, and then my my last one is uh did any of y'all hear about the 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 five hundred that was in the upper room that went to hundred and twenty? Y'all didn't hear about that one? Oh, okay. It says so they all went to the upper room to wait on the Holy Spirit, the disciples, all 11 of them. And about 489 other people were in the room, and someone shouted from the back, the Super Bowl is about to start. Someone else shouted, who's playing? And he said, the Patriots and the Eagles, he shouted back, oh, no one left the room. <laughs> a few minutes later, another man yells, the commercials are amazing, as he laughed out loud. And then he said, the Doritos, Doritos commercials are coming on on the next time out. And 380 people got up and left the room, <laughs> leaving only about 120. And uh, and then it says, uh, did you know that uh, the 11 disciples, did you know one of them was named Jesus? I mean, uh, Judas. It was another one named Judas. Did y'all know that? No, I was being serious. <laughs> no, nah, but uh, if y'all turn to your Bibles to Second uh, Timothy chapter 3. Amen. It says, but know this, that in the last days, peerless times will come. For men's will, men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its powers, and from such people turn away. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this day, Lord, and we just ask that you just allow this message, Lord, to just minister to our hearts, Lord Jesus, that you allow us to just go and, and just to hear from you, Lord, and, and not just to hear, Lord, but that it impact us, Lord, to go out and do something for you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we know that you're about to do an amazing work in this place, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I just ask that you just go and, and, and just allow this message to be a, a, a seed that 
helps us win souls, Lord, and helps us pray for others, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for what you're about to do in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And it says, uh, at the end of it, it says, and from such people turn away. And we can take that as, you know, turn away and never talk to them, never think about them again. But I don't believe that's what we're supposed to do. Because when I was, I was thinking about these things, every last one of those things, in order to know that about a person, you have to spend time with that person. And so when you come and you give your life to Christ and, and you see that these people are still acting that way, then you have to go another way. But you don't just go that other way and just forget about that person. So what do we do? If you turn to Second Chronicles 7. Just say amen when you get there. Second Chronicles 7, starting in verse 14, says, And if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. <clears throat> And a lot of us have heard that verse. A lot of us have heard people preach on that verse. But we don't really talk about the next verse. And it says, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayers made in this place. It says, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. So the title of my message tonight is The Answer is Prayer. Because too many times we, we just overlook things. We just see somebody do something to us or we've been hurt by something and the world tells us to just ignore it. To just get away from them. Get them out your head. Get them, just do something else. But God tells us that we need to do something different. That we need to pray for those who persecute us. Living for Jesus isn't easy. Following Jesus isn't easy. Because we got to do stuff that don't come natural to us. I mean, it's hard to pray for someone who've done you wrong. It's hard to pray for someone you don't love. It's hard to pray for someone who, when you're constantly telling them or, or, or praying for them or whatever it may be, but they continue to do the opposite of what you tell them to do. It's like, man, God, at what point do I give up on this person? 
But then we have to go back and look at what Jesus did and how he did it. And then it messes us all up because we can't do anything. But continue to pray for that person. Continue to put our neck out for that person. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. When you think about those 40 days that he went and fasted, he didn't do that for him. He did that for me and you. And that's what we have to do for someone else out there. That's what we have to do for each other. When someone is sick or someone is hurting, we should be that we should be the first ones praying for them. We shouldn't have to, okay, well, we're gonna have a whole church fast to do something for something. It should be, man. What can I do for that person? I mean, we got people out right now that are sick, that are that are hurting right now. We got other people who've came to the church and tasted and seen that God is good and walked away. And we see them on Facebook complaining about how horrible their life is. But what we do is we say, ah, well, you had the opportunity. You know where you can come back to. Instead of saying, God, touch that person. God, I don't know what they're going through, but I know that I tasted you, Lord, and I want to be with you forever. And I don't know exactly what they're going through, Lord, but I need you to touch them, Lord Jesus. We got to contend for lost souls in this place. We have to get on our knees and, and, and fast and pray for those people that are lost out there. Each and every person in this place, I'm pretty sure, has a family member or two or ten that we want to see saved. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, what are you doing about it? Are you missing a meal for that family member? Are you waking up early in the morning to pray for that family member? Ah, well. I want to see them say it. I, I want to. I mean, I invite them to church. It's not enough to invite people to church anymore. We have to do more. We have to go and we have to say, God, I don't know what I can do to, to, to win this person over, Lord, but I know that you know. And so I'm going to contend with you for an answer for them. And that's what we have to do. Amen. And so the answer to every problem that we may be going through is talking to him. And so you ask, what is the purpose of prayer? The purpose of prayer, first of all, is to glorify God. And secondly, is to enjoy him or to enjoy sin his answers to our prayers. And if you turn to John 14, you can find these two answers in John 14 and John 16, but we're going to go to John 14 first. Starting in verse 12.
says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do. If you ask anything in my name, that I will do. If you ask for that family member to be saved in my name, that I will do. If you ask to not be an alcoholic any longer in my name, that I will do. If you ask to be a better husband or a better wife in my name, that I will do. We have people out there that are lost people. We have family members that don't know which way to go. And we have the answer sitting right here. And we want to be quiet because we're afraid of what they may say. Because they may call us a, 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 a something. They, they may say something bad about us. It may hurt our feelings. So we just don't even speak to those people. We just get on Facebook and share some stuff. Hope they see it. But we don't pray that they see it. We just hope that they see it. If you turn to John 16. Telling you, God hurt my feelings when he gave me this message. But I needed it. John 16. Starting in verse 20. It says, most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep. And lament, but the world will rejoice. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. Amen. Amen. Says a woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she is no longer she no longer remembers the anguish. For the joy that a human being is being born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow. But I will see you again. And your heart will rejoice and your joy no one can take from you. In that, and in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father. In my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. 
So the first thing is that God will be, that God will get the glory, that he will be glorified when we ask these things. Because a lot of times we like to say, oh, yeah, so we can ask anything. Okay, awesome. God, I want a husband. God, I want a wife. God, I want this. I want that. And that sounds good. But is that husband, is that wife going to glorify God or are they going to get all the glory? God, I want an awesome job that pays a lot of money. Is God going to get the glory or is overtime going to get the glory? God, I want to go out there and, and, and preach and do all these things. Why do you want to preach? To win souls or to say that you did? Because a lot of things that we do, we do selfishly. And sometimes we don't even realize that we do them selfishly. Until that prayer don't get answered. And it's like, man. Why ain't God answer that one? And then you got to go back. Why did I ask for that? But then we have to realize that God want to do things for us. But we got to get to the point to where it's not about us. I, I had um, Breakaway read um, John 17. It's an amazing chapter. It's about Jesus and him praying. And the first thing he did is he prayed for himself. And then he went and he prayed for his disciples. And then he prayed for the rest of the world, the rest of the believers. And if you go read that chapter, the shortest part that he prayed for was himself. But a lot of times in our Christian walk, we like to pray for ourselves a whole lot and pray for everybody else just a little bit. God, give me this and let me have this and I want this and please let me get that because I really love this, but I like that, God. I, man, please let me have that. Oh, yeah, pray for uh, Kevin. He's sick. And that's why serving God is so hard because we are selfish people. And it's hard for us to step out of that box and say, God, you know what? Today is going to be that day that I'm not going to ask you for anything for myself. I'm going to ask for all those people that come to church with me to be healed in the name of Jesus. God, what can I do? Okay, I'll miss that meal. What else can I do? Because I, I want them to be healed in the name of Jesus. I want them to be healed. And I know that your word says that if I ask in your name, it will be done. So tell me what else I have to do. Ask in my name, son. Ask in my name, daughter, and it will be done. But we have to believe those things. But just like that other verse said, 
that we have a form of godliness, but we deny his power. And what that means is we ask and we say in Jesus' name, but we believe as one who go and play the lottery. That's the hope that we have. I went and played, and I hope I win. So what we do is we say, you know what? God, I'm coming to you in Jesus' name that my, my, my fellow brother be healed. And we hope like that person who is playing the lottery. But that's not what God's word says for us to do. We should be expecting that person to walk in the next day. Like, hey, hey, guys, I don't know what happened, but hey, I, I am healed. I mean, it's absolutely amazing that I am healed right now. I don't know what I was laying in my bed yesterday and I was like, man, hey. And then I went and I, I got up and I just started doing stuff and hey, I'm here. And then what we do is we say, hey, did you know I prayed for you? I was praying for you. It was all me that I did that. You see? Instead of just high-fiving God, God, that was amazing. And then going on and doing what else we need to do. We're going to make sure that person know that we pray for them. But we have to get to the point to where we expect our prayers to be answered. That we no longer sit back and hope that a prayer gets answered. Amen? And so I'm going to make a statement tonight is that we don't pray enough. We don't contend or ask God enough in Jesus' name. How do I know? Because there's too many unhappy, no joy having Christians. And then if you look at that second verse, in verse 24, 16, 24, says, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So if you're asking in Jesus' name, then your joy should be full. Why? Because those prayers are being answered. And I don't know about you, but if God answers my prayer, I'm not going to be sad. I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to be telling somebody, hey, hey, God answered another prayer. I'm, I'm going to keep testifying. Amen. But we have to get to that place that we come to him expecting things to happen. Do you know that's a promise from God? That if we ask in his name, that's a promise. And the Bible says, my God is a God that, God that cannot lie. And so if he give me a promise, I can take that to the bank. I don't have to worry about it not happening. Just like when my grandmother prayed for me. She wasn't alive to see it. 
but she's in heaven right now. Her and God high-fiving each other. I know it. Like, man, you didn't answer that prayer when I wanted you to answer it, but you answered that prayer. And that's where we get selfish at sometimes. We say, hey, God, I need you to answer it when I need you to answer it. And God like, nah, I don't work like that. But we have to get to the point to where it's, 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 we're more focused on God than anything else. And listen, you may be saying, I've been defeated this week. I've fallen into sin. I overslept and I didn't get up to do my quiet time this morning. Maybe even blew an opportunity to witness to someone. And so we think it's no use in praying. God surely wouldn't answer my prayer today. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible didn't say go and get right. And do all the right things. And then once you do all the right things. Then come ask in my name. And then I'll do it. That wasn't in that scripture. And so when those things happen. We come to God with a lack of confidence. We come to God with that old hope again. God uh, I hope you heal me. I've been sick for two weeks or whatever it may be. God, I hope you heal me. Instead of saying, God, thank you for healing me in Jesus' name. But the Bible says, come to God in Jesus' name. And this means that we can disregard both the righteousness and our sin. We don't ignore sin, but when we're coming to God, we can strictly come to God in Jesus' name. And we don't have to worry about, did we have a good day today? We can come to him in the name of Jesus. Amen. Did you know that's why we end our prayers in Jesus' name? I was wondering, like, I, I was like, we do that a lot. And so I, 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 you know, I looked it up. I was like, okay. So then I seen a lot of verses that was like, come to him in my name, in Jesus' name. And it's like, okay. Who else name we going to come to him in, you know? So we come to that point to where we can come to, come to him with boldness. Not timidness. We can come to him with boldness to know that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. Amen. Turn to Acts 4, please. In Jesus' name. Four twenty-nine. 
says, now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they prayed, the place where they was assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. See, we got to get to the place where stuff starts shaking around us. Because we're going to God with, with boldness. We're not coming to him, God, please. No, we're coming to him, God, in Jesus' name, let this be done. And the building begin to shake because we're all coming to him on one accord. Amen. Y'all don't have to be excited. I'm going to be excited for myself because I know that God is going to do some amazing things. Amen. Amen. It's okay to clap. It's okay. But I understand because I felt the same way when he gave me the message. It hurt. So tomorrow, y'all just start clapping. People going to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I got over it. I'm ready. But a lot of times we, we have our family members. We have our friends. And we don't realize how much the devil hates us. We just go on like the devil take breaks or something. Like, ah, uh, you know, well, I'm in church, so. But our family members are not. And Super Bowl Sunday is, I believe it was the third or the fourth deadliest day due to alcohol. But no one will ever know because the Super Bowl is being played. Alcohol is being drunk. People are having fun. People are doing whatever they want to do. Being lovers of themselves. You know how hard it is to get somebody to come to church on Super Bowl Sunday? I, exactly. I invited all kind of people. And I said, Lord. If they supposed to be here, they'll be here. But we have to get to that point to where. We invite them anyways. We tell them about Jesus anyways. Because we know what's good. And just like it said that at one point we was sorrowing, but then we realized who God was. We came to him and we realized I'd much rather be here than watching those two teams play anything. Maybe, just maybe, if it was the Cowboys, I'd like, hey, Let's scoot the time up a little bit. 
But since the cowboy fans don't pray enough, that'll never happen. <laughs> it's a sad story. It's a sad story. But we got to get to the point to where we love people so much that we don't care about what they think about us when we tell them about Jesus. Because it's hard. Because we want to be liked by people. But the Bible tells us that that's not going to be the case. He says, you will be hated for my name's sake. In uh, Matthew 22, in Mark 13, 13, both of those, he said, you'll be hated. And it says it a few other places as well. It says the devil, he comes to steal, to kill and destroy in John 10, 10. And it says in 1 Peter 5, 8, the devil is looking for whom he can devour. He's looking for your family members, especially those ones that you don't want to tell about Jesus, especially those friends who have been hurt by the church. And so I just want to end tonight with the story in Matthew 24. I'm going to read verse 3, and then I'm going to go to 10. Matthew 24, verse 3 says, And now he sat on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when these things will be, and what will be the signs of your coming at the end of the age. In verse 10, it says, and then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures till the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. And then the end will come. And then the end will come. So y'all not getting where I'm going with this. Because if you was, you'd start praying. Because it says, and then the end will come, which means all those other things got to happen first, which means we got to get to praying for the end to happen because I'm ready to go to heaven. I don't know about any of you guys, but I'm ready to go to heaven. But it starts with us. 
starts with us. We got to contend. We got to believe. We got to come to God. We got to cry out for our family members. We got to cry out for our friends, for our parents, for our brothers and sisters in this place. We have to. Because I know we got to the point to where we was watching the end times and all those things. Something that had a, a, a for sure. It was like, man, I know this is it. every single person that was disappointed that it didn't come had somebody that they didn't talk to yet. And my God is a God that cannot lie. And so when you think about that, it's like, man, I got to get to work. I have to get to work. So I will contend. I will believe that my family members are going to be saved. Jesus, I'll miss a meal. I'll miss two meals a week if I have to, Lord. But I want to see my family saved. God gave me a dream over 13 years ago that my other brother would be out of prison and not only him being out of prison but that he would be serving God with me 13 years ago people I didn't want anything to do with God but when God says something just believe it and know that he is God with every head bowed every eyes closed all over this place if you don't know Jesus tonight just lift your hand up and put it back down I'd like to pray for you maybe you've said that prayer before maybe you come to church every Sunday every Wednesday something in your life that you're holding on to more than God just lift your hand up and put it back down I'd like to pray for you tonight 
stand. come to the altar I just want to pray for us all prayer I want to pray maybe someone was afraid maybe I don't know but we say this prayer to make a declaration to the devil that we don't care if only one person show up we will say this prayer because we never know what someone may be going through so just repeat after me Lord Jesus I know that I'm a sinner and only you can save me I declare with my mouth that you are Lord and I believe in my heart that you died and that you rose again Jesus take control of my life be the Lord of my life. Show me how to live like you. Jesus, I need you. My family needs you. My friends need you. Help me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now let's give them some praise tonight. We thank you, Jesus.